Welcome, guys, to um, another episode of the Merpreneur Live podcast. And today with me, I have none other than a very special guest. Her name is Zubaida Falah, and she is the founder of Cure Your World, or the brand called Cure, where she does homemade natural ingredient snack bars. And specifically, the key ingredient in these snack bars is the black seed, which we're going to talk about today. And I'm really curious about, I want to know the health benefits. I want to know everything today. And the most amazing part about that is that she, mashallah, started this business from her kitchen, guys. Do you believe that? So I'm really excited to dive into that story, find out more about, you know, what inspired you to start this business and so many lessons to learn along the way. So assalamu alaikum, Zubaydah. Welcome to the podcast. Super Hi, excited. Um, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. We're so, so honored. And um, I want to ask you, uh, really, the, the first question that I ask every single guest is, if you could share with us what inspired you to be an entrepreneur and even start this brand in the first place? What inspired you to start a business and go in that direction? So I've always been very fond of entrepreneurship. Um, mm -hmm. At a very young age, I would see the world through inventions. And so I would look at a problem and I would see these problems as opportunities for innovation. And I do this to this day. And I just, it's such an interesting way to look at the world. And um, my father always encouraged it. Like growing up, I would say, you know, this would be a really cool invention. And he'd say, you know, keep trying, but um, that's a great way to think, you know, like because, um, I've just always admired people who create new and exciting ways for people to enjoy their lives, whether it's making their life simpler or just overall enhancing their overall quality of living. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, mashallah. And so can you tell me, did you, did you, did you kind of at that point in time in your life, were you studying, were you going to college, university, and then you decided to switch paths or what stage in your life were you at when you decided to start a business? I was a teacher, so I'm a teacher by trade, and I was watching my students come to class just eating sugar-filled snacks and for energy. Mm. And at that same time, I was a huge hobby of mine was nutrition, and I was always looking for new superfoods to incorporate into my diet. Mm. And it was just coincidentally that I had stumbled upon the black seed, remembered this recipe that my grandmother used to feed me as a child. And then I just started digging and researching all the benefits of the black seed, found out it was a sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. And so there's a hadith that states, eat the black seed for, and it is a cure for everything but death. And so that coupled with the tremendous amount of research backing all of the health benefits that the black seed contains was just like a home run for me. I said, you know, these students at such a young, impressionable age are eating so poorly. And it's so important for us to take care of our bodies and our health at that age because you're building habits for your future self. And I'm a huge... Um, believer in prevention is your greatest cure mm -hmm. so you know take care of your body now so that you won't have to later or invest in your health now so you won't have to later um so all of those things kind of fell into place and i decided i remembered this recipe that my grandmother used to make us eat as a child um and being palestinian there was this mixture that a lot of palestinians make and it's combination of black seeds honey almonds and sesame seeds. Mm. Uh, so I took this recipe and honestly, 
most people would look at the recipe and be kind of deterred and not want to try it. So I decided to turn it into a modern durable treat that everyone could enjoy. Right. And, and at that point you were a teacher. What were the first the first steps that you took when you decided this was a problem that you were seeing? You were seeing that, you know, these students and uh, the people that you work with were essentially not feeding themselves, you know, healthy nutritional foods. Right. And you're like, OK, this is a bar. It's an old recipe and it contains a black seed. And it's something that I feel like, you know, I could bring to the table and, you know, I could help them in terms of having a more holistic diet. What was that step like when you decided this was something that I'm curious about and I want to see if it makes, you know, if I can make it happen, right? Because a lot of people get ideas in business, mm -hmm. but then what does it look like to give it a shot for you? What did that look like when you made that decision to say, I want to move forward with this and I want to see where this is going to go? So it wasn't like it was some groundbreaking idea, like, oh, I'm just going to create like an energy bar. There right. was an energy market at the time that was booming. That mm -hmm. was, I think, at the height of the snack bar industry. And so there obviously had, there were other products that existed. But for me, it was taking the seed that was so special, that was so unutilized in the health food world, and I needed to identify product market fit at that point. Right. So I took it to my dad. What do you think of this idea? And it was always like his dream to actually take my grandmother's recipe because he's obsessed. And he would say, you know, I just wish that other people could enjoy this because it's so healthy and it's so delicious. But like a lot of people are kind of closed minded to try new healthy things. So he, you know, I told him, what if we create a bar out of it? Because, you know, the bar industry is booming right now. Um, but, and we're introducing something new. And when Cure was launched, that was, I think, at the height of the chia seed popularity. Okay. 20 years ago, no one, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, please. 20 years ago, no one knew what the chia seed was. And now it's chia seed everything. There's chia pudding, chia yogurt, chia bars, chia, you know, so there are these new superfoods coming into our lives or like being introduced to people every single day. And so in my head, I said, the black seed, while it's very popular in the Middle East and a lot of other cultures, it's very unutilized in the Western markets. And so that was how I said, I think there's a market here. Right. So walk me through that a little bit, because I'm not familiar uh, with the black seed. So can you walk me through some of the benefits of this? And what is the seed exactly? Where does it come from? I'd love to have more information. So the black seed originates from the fennel flower. And the fennel flower is native to Southeast Asia. And it's a beautiful white flower. And at first glance, there's nothing particularly noteworthy. But what people don't see in this flower is the black seed that it produces. And so the black seed is this ancient medicinal remedy. It's been used in different cultures for thousands of years. Um, it is a hadith of the Prophet peace be upon him, which I mentioned before. And people use it for, it's most noteworthy for its gut healing benefits. So uh, the Greek physician Hippocrates used to use it and he spoke about its gut healing health properties. Nevertiti, King Tut, they found it in King Tut's tomb. It was a beauty secret of Queen Nevertiti. Um, so 
it has this whole array of different benefits. So it's all the research that's been conducted on it um, is, you know, it talks about it's gut health, it's good for digestive health, overall immunity. And the reason for that is because it has a very high antioxidant count. And the antioxidants in it are what is going to help you fight the radicals in your body, which can cause many diseases. Um, so it's anti-inflammatory. I mentioned it was good for digestive health, boosts immunity and enhances brain and liver function. And so the benefits are actually too many to count. You can use it for almost anything. People use it in skincare products. It's good for clearing acne, eczema relief. It's also good as a deep conditioning moisturizer for your hair. Many people use it in, you know, to moisturize their hair. And there are, I think, product lines that put the black seed oil in their hair care lines. Um, so besides all those amazing health benefits, it is also a very unique flavored seed, mm -hmm. um, kind of peppery. Many people don't prefer it in its natural state, which is why there was a lot of trial and error in putting it into a bar okay. um, to mask that flavor. But I mean, the benefits are amazing. I've personally experienced the benefits of the black seed and then all of our customers. I've never gotten a negative reaction to the black seed. That's really, really cool. So um, can you walk me through some of those? Like what is something that, you know, this in terms of the benefits like this helps, like in, especially if someone takes your snack bar, um, I know, of course, we don't want to make any, any health claims or, or anything, but like, what are some common benefits that someone can see when they usually consume the black seed? I know you mentioned, you know, the skin looks healthier and uh, it helps with digestive issues as well. Is there other benefits that, um, that you can think of? Maybe someone is going through a specific illness or maybe something that they're feeling and it could help them out. So I know that, you know, black seed is very high in natural fiber. And so mm. the digestive health is huge. People right. that suffer with IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, mm. they um, are, I mean, th these are testimonials. I can give you testimonials, yeah. not make medical claims, but people say I've been suffering with IBS for years. I eat a cure bar a day in the morning and it just helps everything. We also oh, have people who have allergies to certain foods, like um, maybe lactose intolerant. And so I don't know if you know this, we're not just a snack bar company anymore. We've actually extended our line. So yeah. we also um, infiltrated the supplement market a bit. So yes. we have black seed oil capsules and turmeric and black seed powder capsules, as well as black seed oil in a liquid mm -hmm. form. Um, so our customers that consume our black seed oil capsules will say that they are not irritated by consuming dairy anymore, even though they're lactose intolerant. So to me, that's just crazy that yeah. something like that can really like talk about enhancing your overall quality of life. Like you can eat this and now you can enjoy your favorite dairy desserts. Um, by the way, if you are lactose intolerant and you're planning on doing this, I'm just telling you what some of our customers have told me. Correct. I'm recommending you go try to eat dairy. That's really, really interesting, mashallah. And so you, you of course, uh, move forward with the snack bar. I know now you have supplements, which I, I'd love to talk about as well later in this episode. 
I want to know for you, once you decided to create this, a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this or aspiring entrepreneurs, um, essentially they, they always are at that stage in the beginning where they're like, should I do this on a side, like in my free time, should I just quit and go all in on this, but I'm not sure it's going to work for you. What was that process? Like, did you, uh, right away go full-time on working on cure? Are you still working as a teacher as well? Is it at the same time? So how did you go about it in that sense? So I was teaching English as well as I was a commercial realtor. So I was selling commercial properties and I was teaching and then I launched and then, then I was working on Cure. And so I was doing this in secret until I was ready to launch the company. Okay. And when I launched, I quit both jobs and I just fully focused on Cure. I said, like, this is my passion. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, I just did it. I didn't look back and... Um, I've been doing this ever since. That's awesome, mashallah. Mm -hmm. So now you're at a point where, you know, you not only uh, created the snack bar, but you also started a supplement. So what was that like getting into the supplement world and, 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 and you know, offering that as a product, which is a very different product than a snack bar? How did you transition <laughs> to that? What made you want to transition to that? Uh, and if you can walk us through a little bit of that journey, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So a huge part of this brand and this company is listening to my customers and what they want. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, they love the bar. They thought it was just, you know, they love the idea of it. A lot of people were like, what a clever idea, whatever. Like we thought of this for years, but we just never did it. So glad somebody did finally. But some people have issues eating snack bars. Like there is definitely a demographic that it's just not their thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the whole purpose of this company was to get people to eat the black seed. Mm -hmm. So I want people to eat the sunnah, whether they, they know they're doing it or not, or practice the sunnah, whether they know that they are. Yeah. And also, like, I want you to experience the benefits of the black seed. So if you're not eating the cure bars, how else can we get black seed into your diet? And so the first product that kind of got us into the supplement industry was the black seed oil capsules that was just a no-brainer for me um it was something the benefits of the black seed oil they're i think even better than the seed itself just because it's like higher concentrations of thymoquinin which is that active ingredient in the black seed and so yeah so then that opened us up to a whole new market of people who just mm -hmm. got easy quick on the go fix of their black seed um and then slowly you know i was like okay we need to innovate something more um let's look at other superfoods and turmeric has always been one of my favorite superfoods okay um, so good for inflammation anti it's like anti-inflammatory so mm. Um, I said, okay, we don't just want to launch a turmeric product. Let's combine it with black seed powder. And there's not, I don't know of any other black seed turmeric combination in a powder form because all the other products that are combining black seed with turmeric, I believe they're black seed oil. Mm -hmm. But what we did is we took the whole seed of the, the whole black seed and we crushed it down to a powder and then combined it with turmeric and black pepper for absorption. So mm -hmm. a little unique. <laughs> really, really interesting. So 
before I dive deeper into this, I want to know because a lot of uh, a lot of again, you know, listeners here that listen to this podcast, they they're usually either in the early stages, they're building their business, and I want to give as much value as possible here. So I want you to let me know when you decided to create a snack bar and what was the process like to do it from your kitchen because that's that's for me is extremely impressive that you actually just you know started with what you had available to you and mashallah now you know i look i look at it i look at the branding i look at the packaging i look at you know the testimonials and i'm like mashallah this is like a, a very beautiful and, and 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 you know growing successfully business so what was that like for you and you know did you even think that was possible i mean to just start this entire business from your kitchen and you still cook from your kitchen or is it now like do you have a like a co-packer or someone that helps you out? No, so I do have um, two co-packing facilities okay. that help at this point, which I actually had to figure that out. Well, we can okay, let's start with the kitchen first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from the moment I came up with the idea, I envisioned this company to be like huge. And mm. I mean, I'm obviously not there yet. Yeah. But in my head, I was thinking it was going to take over the world. Like I wanted cure bars to be in every single household in not only America, but the entire world. I just, to me, I loved the idea so much. And everyone I spoke to about it thought it was a novel idea. So in my head, like that was what I was envisioning. So every single step that I took, that was what I had in mind. So when I was creating the logo, I, I, you know, I could have just created something quick and like got it out there just to launch the product because I just wanted to get the product out there. But I really took a lot of time thinking about it. And, and actually I created the logo from my kitchen. Um, I took it to a lot of marketing agencies. I told them this is the name of the brand and I want something very natural, very, um, that just speaks to what the brand is about. And all these marketing agencies would come back with the most modern logos because that that's what the future is. Like everything's mm. super modern and, and hip. And I didn't like any of them. And they told me like, what you want is just not going to work. Um, you're not going to have a successful brand that way. So I went home after wasting all this money on these marketing logos and I spelled out the seeds on my kitchen table and I took a photo, digitized the photo or vectored it. And then that became the Cure logo. Mm -hmm. And so the seeds that you see in the Cure logo are actually the main ingredients in our bars. Um, so yeah, crazy. something like that. But uh, I, yeah, I started off in my kitchen. We launched the company. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into because I was like, okay, I need to start cooking these bars. Started making them in my kitchen and when I first launched, it was, we got, I want to say 15 orders that first week, mm -hmm. um, which was a little disheartening because of the amount of work that I put into the company. Like I was working on it a year prior to that launch wow. and only get 15 customers in my head. I was like, I've been talking to everybody about this. Like nobody's curious. No, but you know, subhanAllah, everything happens for a reason. So you know, I start making the bars, ship them out to my friends and family who are ordering, and you know, just trying to support. And then there was a blog, an online blogger called Leyali Webzine, and they wanted to do a piece on us. 
um, I, I guess I reached out to her, kind of told her what we were about. And then she said, yeah, let me create this video. And that video got around a million views within the first like hour of it being posted on Facebook. And from wow, that video, we like, I just remember I walked over to my, oh, I opened up my Facebook account one day and I had 5,000 friend requests. And I was so wow. confused, like what is going on? Like I've never gone viral or anything. Like I didn't know what was happening. And then I was like, wait, let me just go see my orders. Like maybe someone found out, I just, I didn't know what was happening. So I opened my order page and I was just scrolling through pages and pages of orders. Wow, mashallah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. It was, so was that stressful though? Was like, did that cause anxiety? Were you like, oh my God? Oh yeah. At first it was just like, oh my God, like, did I make it? <laughs> like that was, <laughs> and then after that moment, I just like kind of sat down and I actually cried because I was like, I have to hand make all these bars now. Mm. And that was like over 10,000 bars that I had to make. Yeah. I was making 24 bar batches at a time. Yeah. So um, I called my dad and I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, this is a good problem to have. This is what you want. Um, figure it out. Mm. No, no, I need you to tell me what I need to do. And he's like, figure it out. You got this far, figure it out. So started sending letter or emails to my customers, letting them know that their orders are going to be delayed. I, I, it was full transparency. I was like, I am a one man show. I'm making these bars by hand. I'm doing this. And at this point I received orders from all around the world. Mm -hmm. Legally, I couldn't make the bars in my kitchen anymore. So then I had to rent out a commercial kitchen space in order to make them. And actually my mom came from Cincinnati. She drove up, she stayed with me for like three weeks and her and I were just making batches and batches trying to ship out these orders. And from that point on, it was just uh, one interview after the other that kind of got our name out there. And then I was like, okay, I can't, I can no longer make these at home at this point. Um, so then I got a coat packer and they made life so much easier because I was, go I was making maybe 300 bars a day with the help of my mother. And then once we got a coat packer, it's like hundred thousand bars a day that they can do just like that. So mm -hmm. that was very helpful. Amazing. Mashallah. So yeah, you were in a, you were in a problem. It was a good problem to have. You figured it out, right? You, uh, you're like, all right, I definitely can do this on my own. Time to upskill and see if I can find someone to help me out. And, and you did, mashallah. And that's awesome. So since then, um, what have you what have you been up to to um, really continue kind of growing the business and growing this e-commerce brand, this product brand? Uh, can you share with us a few tips for people who might have product-based businesses as well? Um, I think I've really just been focusing on staying true to the brand because a lot of times when I was trying to grow and trying to capture every single person I could, that is kind of how you start to lose yourself and like lose what you're all about. And so I, I really just kind of took a step back and started focusing more on my brand and what we are and focusing on our mission and what we want to do and just being as authentic and transparent as possible to our customers. And then Subhanallah, that just brought people to us. It was like the less I tried to like be out there and 
you know, trying to capture all these people, the, the easier they started coming to me. And I think that when you are, um, when your brand has integrity and, and you are authentic and you have this truth about you, I think that's going to attract customers to you. And I think a lot of people think that small businesses, that's kind of going to deter people mm-hmm. from purchasing from you. But, um, you know, the more transparent you can be with your customers, the more they're going to want to support you. And, you know, for me, it's all about, I just want you to enjoy the product. If you don't like it, return it. Like, even though, you know, there's like, there's a lot of policies that we have that I always will just, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to make my customer happy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that if you are trying to, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. So we were talking about marketing tips for product-based businesses and what you were doing to kind of just keep up now that you got that initial traction, how -hmm. are you keeping up with, you know, keeping up the hype and keeping people interested in coming back? I mean, we do have a lot of, I mean, I'm spending money. Um, We have, I do Facebook and Instagram and Google ads. Um, That is what is probably getting us the bulk of our customers. Um, But then there's also our social media that, like I do on the side or that we're not spending for ad and like money on ad spend. And that is just organic customers coming into us as well as word of mouth. So Mm. um, I would say, I mean, and you know, word of mouth is probably the best because if one person loves your product and they just tell everyone in their family, we get a lot of customers who buy our product around Ramadan and Eid time and they just gift it out in like goodie bags. And so then we see all these customers that we definitely didn't market towards, but that was all just word of mouth. So that was, you know, that's a great thing. So, you know, focus on yourself and your brand and your intentions will come through and it'll show, and that's really going to help you out. Mm -hmm. So you, uh, so you have uh, like a mixture, it seems like of marketing strategies, which is always really nice. Cause a lot of people sometimes will focus specifically on one channel. Like they'll say, okay, you know what, we're just going to do organic. We're going to do Instagram and that's it. But you're like, uh, your approach was, okay, we do have advertising. We also, of course, I checked your social media. You're active on there as well. So mashallah, you're kind of really, uh, trying to be active on all fronts. Um, so that's really nice to see. And I think that's really what it takes in this day and age because there's so much out there. You really have to be top of mind with your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you, what's the uh, biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your business journey so far? Is there a lesson that you can share with us? And it could be about the business. It could be even maybe personal as an entrepreneur, something that you've learned. But is there a, a big lesson that you've learned throughout your journey that you could share with us? I think some people might disagree with this. Mm-hmm. So this, I'm just speaking for myself here, but for me, it was biting off more than I could chew. Mm-hmm. And I was just so afraid of missing out on opportunities that I would take on everything and anything that I thought would help the business thrive. And sometimes that really left me drained and burnt out. And like looking back, I've learned that it's not a race. Like I started this business for a reason and I am continuously reminding myself of what that reason is and why I started. And I kind of spoke a little bit about that, 
but holding myself accountable to my purpose and doing all of this. Like for me, I created this business. I want Sadaqa Jadie. I want to help people and I want to leave a resonating footprint. You know, I want to do something purposeful and mm. helpful. And I found that having this mindset has really helped me just slow down, not try to go 100 miles per hour mm-hmm. all the time. And that that's okay because this world, like the entrepreneurship world, it gets so lonely because you're mm-hmm. sacrificing your health, your youth, um, most importantly, your time with your family, your time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that in itself, like you, you do all this stuff for this, you know, to be an entrepreneur and like get these products out for your yeah. customers. And in the beginning, you don't really get out. You don't get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking material wise. Correct. Of course, you have your satisfaction, the fulfillment aspect of it. But financially, a lot of businesses, it takes years until they can work up to where they can finally see the fruits of their labor. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, it's important not to bring yourself out and just understand that this journey is a marathon. It's not a race. Unless, of course, you're trying to build a brand and just exit a company. Then that would be your journey. Um, but... And that case obviously would be completely different. But for me, it was just kind of slow down, take it easy and do what you can, but you know, don't overwork yourself because, um, and this was a good tip that my father gave me once. Um, and this kind of goes you know, in line with being an entrepreneur, but also just life in itself. When you think of your mission, your overall goal, and you're always just thinking about that, all the little bumps, you know, and hurdles that you have to overcome in life, mm. even if they have nothing to do with your business, just other minuscule problems. When you think about what is your purpose in this dunya and like, what is your purpose in life? And you've connected your, your entrepreneurship journey to that purpose, then all these other problems kind of seem very minuscule because your overall goal is just so elevated like you're you're you've elevated your state of mind somewhere much higher than so these little problems can't really get to you and i'm not sure if i'm explaining it properly but for me thinking about that i i mean any little issue that ever arises in my life i just immediately think about why am i here what is my purpose we're all going to die. And what is my akhirah going to look like? And then immediately all my problems just dissolve. And so, I mean, I thought that was great advice and I've really been using it and it really helps me not get overwhelmed with issues that happen. Mm-hmm. I love that, Michelle. Actually, I completely agree to be honest with you. I love this, uh, this sentiment. I think a lot of times um, entrepreneurs are tend to uh, fall for the shiny object syndrome, which is uh, where, you know, every time you see something new pop out, a new marketing strategy, a new product that you can work on, you know, oh, this new thing, oh, TikTok is out, gotta go on there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it, there's always something new, there's always something going on. And I think a lot of times we too tend to get ahead of ourselves and, you know, add a lot on our plate. So I think I really like that. I really like that advice that you shared. And as you mentioned, once you have the vision and mission in the forefront, then when you're faced with challenges or even distract possible distractions, you're able to properly evaluate if this will contribute to your success 
or if it's maybe something that you should put to the side for now and you can revisit later. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's some great advice there. And I want to ask you for uh, what is some advice that you could share with other Muslims who are listening, who are listening to this, who are thinking of starting their own uh, product businesses and possibly uh, a business that is related to maybe something that they create in their kitchen, right? We do have a lot of Muslim moms that listen to this podcast uh, and that are always curious and they send me DMs like, oh, I'm thinking of starting, you know, I bake like these amazing cookies or this or that. I, what can I do with this, right? So um, is there any advice you can give to these listeners? So I want to tell you a little story that my father told me a long time ago that's really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And it was a story of an old man who was planting a tree. Mm -hmm. He's planting this olive tree when a younger man walks up to him mm -hmm. and he asks him, will you eat from this tree? So the old man looks up at the young man and he says, Zara'u fa'akalna. Basically what he's saying is they planted, so we ate. So now we plant, so our future generations can eat. Mm. If you're thinking about launching a product or business, kind of going off of what I just said about, um, you know, time and slowing down and not burning yourself out. It's really important to just find your purpose in starting that business. And then continuously remind yourself why you began. Um, because the reason I say that is because you're going to spend a lot of time on this business to make it great. And inshallah, you want to be rewarded for all that time that you're sacrificing working on this business. Um, so you might be onto something and yet you may never taste the fruits of your labor. I've heard of many, on, or I know many entrepreneurs where that's the case. Um, but if done right with intention, others may taste those fruits of, you know, your labor. So, um, inshallah, it's a win-win regardless if your intentions are pure and you're doing something that you love, that you're passionate about, that that can also benefit others. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you focus more on the mindset of, a lot, of it all versus the actual, you know, here's what you should do, step one, two, three. You're like, if the mindset is right, everything else falls into place. And that's what you focus on. And I like that. That was a really, really interesting approach. Yeah. So what's in store for uh, Cure in the future? What can we expect? You guys went towards supplements now, which was really interesting, mashallah. Um, what else do you feel like, or can you reveal that you're working on? Um, what, can, what can we look forward to? What I can tell you is we're not stopping at supplements and bars. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, you know, we're just trying still trying some new things out post COVID, mm -hmm. but inshallah in the future, um, you know, we hope to infiltrate other markets Amazing. and the intention, like I said, in the beginning is we want the black seed to be readily available for mm -hmm. every person. So if you don't like supplements and you don't like bars, hopefully we can find something that will get you to enjoy consuming the black seed. Okay. Amazing. Mashallah. Well, I really, really am excited to see what else you guys come up with. Uh, we're going to do some Q and a, uh, right now, actually. So if you guys have any questions, we already have a few that already came in from the audience, uh, that we're going to go through inshallah. But if you guys have any questions for sister Zubaida about her cure business or her experience as an entrepreneur, uh, please drop them in the comments to try to get to them. I have one question that I ask every single guest on this episode. So my favorite questions I always get interesting answers. I'm going to ask it to you as well. And that's if you could meet, Zubaida from a few years ago when you were just getting started, you know, you were 
still, you haven't launched, you, this was an idea, you were about to embark on this very tumultuous, challenging, but rewarding journey of entrepreneurship. And you could tell her one thing that she could hold on to throughout this journey that she could, you know, it's kind of like a mantra that she can remember and hold on to. What would, what would you tell her? I think it would be to bring people on board and create a team when, with this brand. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, I mean, I did it solely. I mean, okay, nobody's, you know, I hate the whole sentiment of being self-made because that's not a thing. Everybody helps you and everybody contributes one way or the other. But what I mean is I wish that I had created a team um, to help me when I was bouncing ideas off of, um, to help me, like even if I had a co-founder, I think when you're a solo entrepreneur or a solo founder, it's just so difficult to, you have to keep yourself motivated. There's not, you know, there's no other energies that you can kind of feed off of. Um, you're the one who has to wake up early. You have to figure out what to do. You have to, you play every single role in the company. Um, mm -hmm. I was fulfillment. I was the marketer. I was the email person. I was the secretary. I was the CEO. I was the creative mark, creative product developer. I did everything in the company. So, which I think that's important as a CEO, but um, it would have been nice to have someone else there to kind mm -hmm. of, you know, feed energies off of. And I think that that would have really helped the brand more, but alhamdulillah, you know, that was, that was my journey and it is what it is. But I think that would have been a piece of advice I would have given my younger self. I, I really, really uh, enjoy that piece of advice and I support it. And I definitely, I'm going to put my seal of approval behind it, guys. So go ahead and <laughs> make sure that you listen to this advice because uh, for me, the biggest change maker in Omarpreneur uh, has been uh, my team. It has been like the people that have joined me throughout this journey and all those, inshallah, who will join me later on. But really, there's so much that you can do on your own in a business because you are, are limited to your experience and your knowledge and the way that you see the world. However, every other person has their own experiences, their own perspectives and their own ideas. And when you bring people together to work on something, whether it's a business or a project, and you have all of these different shared perspectives and ideas and experiences, that, that experience of bringing these people together to work on a specific project, a specific mission, collaborate, it is equal more than to more than the sum of its parts. And what does that mean is that three people working together on something is going to be 10 times better than one person working on something, not three times better. Because when you combine those ideas together, they become stronger than just three people working together. That There's like a little magic, a little touch of barakah that happens, mm -hmm. um, right? So subhanAllah, and, and, uh, and there is this hadith, I believe, um, uh, which is, you know, that um, uh, the hand of Allah is with the jama'ah, right? And mm -hmm. metaphorically. So um, we do know that as well as Muslims. So we're going to do some, uh, some Q&A, go through some honest questions. Are you ready for that? Yeah, Good ready. to go. Let's yeah. do it. Bismillah. So um, we did have a few questions uh, that already came in from the audience. So I'm going to pull one here. Um, we're going to see who's going to be the lucky person to get their questions asked. All right. So 
we got one here. I want to ask what ingredients should one look for when ordering a snack bar for themselves? Whoever asked this, guys, go on cure.com or cureworld.com and order the snack bar. That's all you need to know. But I'm going to let answer. I'm going to let answer. Uh, go ahead, please. <laughs> I mean, when you're looking for snack bars or just any foods in general, you should be able to pronounce the ingredients. I think that's the number one thing. You don't want a product that has a million ingredients in it. Um, so for example, our ingredients are seven ingredients or less. I think, um, that that's the peanut butter. Our coconut cashew has eight and then our roasted almond has nine ingredients. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can pronounce every single one of them and you want to look at the order that the ingredients are listed in because the mm -hmm. first ingredient that you see is going to be the ingredient that's most prevalent in that product. Okay. So you're looking for a protein, you know, bar and there's like way at the very end of it, then there's probably not much protein, but also, you know, you can look at the ingredient nutritional facts, but I think people don't realize that um, I'm going to go on this whole tangent right now. So I'm going to try to wrap this up as quickly as I can. Please go for it. Um, the, the, the labeling industry, it's just, it's so crooked. Mm. Um, so there are products that say made with real honey, and a product, all that that product has to have is a single drop of honey in the entire batch. The batch mm. could be 100 people, but a single really? drop of honey, yeah, makes it okay for them. The FDA approves it for them to label it as made with real honey. Wow. And obviously that's not true. Like you're eating mm. sugar is what you're eating. Mm. And if you look at those products that say made with real honey, honey is probably the very last ingredient that's listed. And high fructose corn syrup, sugar, this, that's all like in the first 10 ingredients. So just be mindful of what the ingredients are. Right. Thank you so much. And uh, just like I said earlier, shout out, go on CureWorld.com, guys, and order the snack bar. You don't have to worry because Sisters of Wenda did all the work for you. She did all the work. She got the natural ingredients. She got the black seed in there. So go and try it out. And trust me, you will not be disappointed. Just look at the testimonials of everyone else that did try it, mashallah. So Ooh, I should give you a coupon. Try typing in the coupon, Cure Your World, and you should get 10% off. Look at that. We got a, We got an extra discount for our Printer Live listeners. I love that. So cureyourworld.com. And when you go and place an order, type in Cure Your World. Okay, so it's really just like it sounds like CureYourWorld.com. The coupon code is the same, Cure Your World, and you'll get a 10% discount. Um, mm -hmm. No spaces. No spaces, guys. All stuck together. We got one more question uh, as well. We'll get a few more, but we'll try to do as many as possible. Um, let's see. So we got a few. One that really popped up to me. Why can't I find it? There you go. So this one is really interesting because I think a lot of entrepreneurs do struggle with this. Were you afraid that mass production of the cure bar would alter or diminish the quality? If so, how did you maintain the original top homemade quality in a mass produced setting? I think that's a really great question. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great question. And yes, that was a huge fear of mine. And it actually did the first few runs. So we had to pay for a few pilot runs. Um, we used up a lot of ingredients and we did a thousand pound runs um, as like the pilot run. And I'm sorry, was it a thousand pounds? I think it was a hundred pounds. Mm. Yeah, no, a thousand seems excessive. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, the first couple of times they didn't work out. They, they tasted completely different and they looked completely different. And so, you know, we had to go back 
figure out what it was that was doing it. Because yeah, when you're working with small quantities, of course, the quality control is going to change once you go up, you know, from 24 bars to 100,000. But, um, you know, it was just trial and error and eventually we got it. And um, to be honest with you, the original handmade cure bar still is a little bit different than the one we're producing right now. Mm -hmm. But our customers seem to like that one better. Okay. I think it was more catered to the Western palette versus the ones I was hand making were very authentically ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I understand. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, Michelle. But you still kept up, and to clarify, you still kept up all the natural ingredients, the black seed as well. Everything is just the same, it's just produced differently. Exactly. Love that, mashallah. All right, so we got another one uh, from the audience, and I'm going to pull it up here. Um, and let's see, guys. You guys are sending in a lot of questions, mashallah. So I'm flooded here with questions on this live. Um, does Zubaida have any plans to launch her snack bars in Pakistan or maybe deliver them if orders are placed? So do you, do you ship worldwide? We kind of glanced over that in the episode, but um, where do you ship to exactly? Can anyone order a snack bar from Curio World? Yes, anyone can order. We ship worldwide. I have a lot of customers from Australia, the United Kingdom, Canada. Those are probably my top three. We've gotten orders from Trinidad, mm -hmm. which Amazing. is absurd because we're paying $80 for shipping for a $20 wow. box of Cure Bars. Wow. Um, so I'm flattered and I'm very thankful. Um, yeah, and whenever I see stuff like that, I make sure that we throw in extra products just to try to give them as, you know, their money's worth as, you know, $80 yeah. for shipping is quite excessive, but 100%. I have customers from the United Arab Emirates. I don't think I've ever gotten a customer from Pakistan, but we All right. can sit there, we can. So whoever asked this, you're going to be the first. Go place that order. All right. So we got yeah. another question. Um, there are some medicines and this one's going to be the last one we're going to take, guys. There's some medicine that is made by using the black seed. Do you suggest them to make our immune system stronger? Um, so as a brand and company, we do not make any medical claims. So mm -hmm. I would always advise you to speak to your physician before you introduce anything, you know, new to your body or your diet. Um, I am a believer of natural supplements. So if it's 100% natural, I personally would take it. Mm -hmm. um, but you're saying some medicines that are made with black seed. I can't really speak to that because I'm not sure what those medicines are. Right. And I'm not a doctor. So mm -hmm. I don't want to speak to something that I'm not knowledgeable about. What has been the experience of people? Because you, you guys do have a supplement, you know, that we talked about. What are you guys allowed to say for the supplement, right? Because that's actually an interesting question because you're, you're, you're creating a supplement, essentially a pill that people can take. What is the extent of, you know, the, the claims that you can make to market this? Or can you just say it's black seed supplement, you take it and whatever benefits you have, like you have to research. How, how, how is your approach for that in your business? So it's interesting. And I mean, hopefully this can benefit other people watching who hope to make some kind of edible product or something. Mm -hmm. You just want to be careful with making medical claims because you yeah. never want to say this will cure this or this will. And I mean, on all of our packaging, we say, you know, this is not intended to cure, treat any diseases or illnesses. Mm -hmm. But when you're like in marketing, what you can say, there's like loopholes around it is research suggests that mm -hmm. black seed has been linked to 
lowering cholesterol levels. So you're not saying this will lower your cholesterol levels. Now, when you're allowed to make medical claims is if you're a company like Honey Nut Cheerios, where they have that little heart and they say that this is going to lower your cholesterol. Those are case studies that cost millions and millions of dollars. Mm. And they've actually done research that the Cheerios somehow are linked to lowering cholesterol. And you're sure that wasn't just like a paid marketing thing that they kind of, <laughs> I mean, uh, sounds a bit more like a paid, a paid situation to me than, uh, than an actual research, but, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, ingredients, look at the ingredients and just think to yourself. But... Eat, eat chocolate. You lose weight. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Subhanallah. I mean, I've actually watched uh, I've been, you know, when you watch, there's a lot of documentaries, I'm sure maybe you've seen a lot of them on Netflix. Um, that talk about certain industries. There was one recently, Seaspiracy, that focused on um, essentially like the whole like fish market and like how, you know, when you see a seal uh, on your on your tuna can where it says like fish sustainably or whatever, it's actually completely not true. And you just pay to have that seal on. There's no other like verifications or anything, right? So a lot of those seals, sometimes it's a, just an organization and you pay the organization to get that seal on your product. So that's where you know, I think it's a more, it's so important and now more than ever for, for people to be mindful of what they're eating. And when we come across brands like yours that are really including natural ingredients in their products and they're very mindful about what they're putting into their products, I think that's, you know, something that we should cherish and we should hold on to and we should really support because, you know, that's the kind of companies we want to see thriving in the future and all the ones that are, you know, you know, just putting processed foods and trying to maximize profit while minimizing costs and using fake ingredients, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always inspiring and really nice to see. So we talked about your website. Is there anywhere else where people can go to support you, to uh, you know connect with you, keep up to date with anything that Cure releases in the future? You can follow our Instagram and Facebook and it is Cure Your World. Uh, that's the handle. And then, yeah, our website, cureyourworld.com. Uh, awesome. for any black seed needs. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to share those handles in the comments, guys. Zubaida, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It was absolutely a pleasure. I learned so much and I hope that the listeners have been taking notes because there was a lot of value shared. So it was like a lot good for that. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was an honor and a pleasure. And guys, uh, you know the drill. All right. Every end of the episode, I come and I tell you this. So please do it. Don't make me say it twice. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, rate the podcast to show your support. And of course, you can follow us on your favorite social platforms. Search for Omarpreneur, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to, we'll probably be there. And of course, lastly, if you need help with starting your own business, you're listening to this, you're like, you know what? I need some support. I need some mentorship. I'm not sure what to do. Book a call with us. You can book a call at omarpreneur.com slash call. We'll speak to you to understand what your goals are and how we can help you. The call is completely free. It's just for us to get to know if we can help you and how we could help you, inshallah. So make sure to do that. Just like a for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.